Welcome to Living the Questions, a podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne. Thank you for joining us. Here on Living the Questions, we wrestle. We wrestle with life's dilemmas, we wrestle with current events, and we wrestle with what it means to live lives of integrity. We hope that you find some community, some comfort, and some hope in this time together. To learn more about our congregation, you can visit our website at uucheyenne.org. Welcome to this week's podcast, everyone. As we enter a new monthly theme here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne, we are entering into some new questions. And so our theme for the month of February is Beloved Community. And there are a lot of both like theological and practical directions that you can go with that question. But the first question I want to invite us into this month is, how do we care for one another in the beloved community? How do we take care of each other? What, right, like, what does it actually look like? What does it actually take to engage in the kind of care that we know is necessary to build the beloved community, you know, not only as sort of an out there question, but as an in here question? Let's dive in. The current event that I want us to think about kind of through this question's lens, right, the current event I want to invite us to consider through this question of, you know, how do we care for one another in the beloved community is is about sort of the vaccine rollout. And uh, the vaccine rollout is going a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. Um, uh, you know, there's sort of a like complicated set of phases and things in different places. And maybe you know which phase you're in and maybe you don't know which phase you're in. And maybe you, your town or your county or your state have not published phases and you feel very lost. Um, and so there's sort of a way that the vaccine rollout feels like this very regimented process. And then there's also this total element of chaos in it. You know, I was talking to someone earlier this week who talked about like, oh, yeah, my friend got one because she showed up five minutes before pharmacy closing and they had a dose defrosted. And so they gave it to her. Um, so there's these this sort of both very regimented and also very chaotic energy in our communities for the vaccine rollout. Um, and I think there's a lot of um, what I might call uh, amateur epidemiology happening or amateur public health work work happening on social media, um, which, right, like that has been happening for the last 10 months or so pretty vigorously. But it's really picking up again in terms of right, like what it means to have an effective vaccine distribution plan. And so... What I want to do is kind of ask us to reframe our approach to this discourse Um, because I think that there's sort of become a lot of um, just like absolutely anxiety spiraling comment threads, at least in my Facebook sphere and maybe in yours too, 
around, right, like who should get the vaccine first and like does it matter who gets the vaccine first and who are we prioritizing and how and, you know, should I be in this group? And like if I get the vaccine, even though I think that somebody else should get it first, is that the right thing? Like, ah. And so for me, I feel this just really strong urge to reframe the question. And rather than ask myself, who should get the vaccine? I want to ask myself the question, what would it look like to operate with an ethic of mutual care in this moment? What would it look like to operate with an ethic of mutual care? Because the truth is that the vaccine rollout and questions about masks and questions about distancing and questions about in-person, right, like all of those things, um, they vary a lot. And there are there's so much sort of circumstantial stuff that goes into what's the right choice in any given moment. Um, and I feel like, who dog, the, uh, the debate that I have seen devolve the most is the one about, you know, should schools be open in person? And I feel like I've seen the most people who I am like, wow, I know you both to be wonderful, smart, thoughtful, caring people, and y'all are just ripping each other to shreds in the comments. Um, right? Because that's gonna that question is different in every community. And that question is different in every school district and for every parent and for every child. And so rather than feel ourselves want to take a position on, you know, here's how I think the vaccine rollout should go, or here's how I think schools should open or shouldn't open, to just pause and for every new question and new circumstance that arises, ask ourselves the question, what, what would it look like to approach this situation from an ethic of mutual caring? What would it look like if we put our calling to take care of one another at the center of this decision? And the result of that will look different in different situations and communities and and things like that. But I think that any time we can pause the debate and recenter that ethic of mutual care is an opportunity to help us maintain strong community ties and just build strong communities in the face of um, just a deeply anxious time. So to ground us in Unitarian Universalism for this week's question, um, I want to kind of 
dig deep into the the why it matters or why it matters to us piece of this question. What is it about Unitarian Universalist spiritual and religious community that means that we need to be taking care of one another, right? Where does that call to care for one another come from? And there's sort of the, right, like, maybe the origin place of that call within Unitarian Universalism um, is, you know, from the Gospels and the teachings of Jesus that um, he describes that the um, the greatest commandment is essentially to to love God and to love your neighbor. And so I see that that loving your neighbor piece of the the greatest commandment is kind of that that like very origin place within Unitarian Universalism, though many, even most of our members would not consider, you know, Jesus their primary spiritual teacher. Um, and there's also sort of these stops along the way within Unitarian Universalism where we really articulate what that mutual support and care um, looks like and means and why it matters to us. And so one of the other places that we really articulate that is in our principles. And the current version of our principles um, articulates it um, that we are one of the things that we covenant to affirm and promote as a Unitarian Universalist religious community is that we covenant to affirm and promote the acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Um, and I think about that as an invitation right, to see that this isn't just about your spiritual journey. This is about being on a spiritual journey together. And this is about how we are called to um, accept one another into community and to encourage growth. Um, and I really feel like those are two dimensions of caring um, that I really appreciate being lifted up. Um, that taking care of one another is not just about, you know, oh, you're hungry and you need a meal or you need a ride to a doctor's appointment, though those are like a way that we express those things. But that Taking care of one another is about acceptance and encouragement to growth. And that if we do either of those without the other, that it's not really, doesn't feel very much like caring, right? Because I think we can all think of people in our lives who have encouraged us to grow, but maybe not really accepted us as we are in that moment. Um, and that that, you know, that's not the kind of religious community we want to be. Um, and I think we can also think of people who have accepted us as we are, but have not necessarily encouraged us to grow, right? Not necessarily kind of called us into um, deeper reflection and and growth. And so I really appreciate that our kind of, not commandment, but our invitation to how we want to be together is is for both acceptance and sort of mutual growth. And as I did that, you know, and was looking at that in our current statement of principles from the Unitarian Universalist Association, I thought, you know, I wonder what that looked like um, in the previous iteration of it. So our current UU principles um, were adopted in 1985. And the prior version to that um, were the um, original principles and purposes that were adopted in 1961 at the time of consolidation 
of the Unitarians and the Universalists. And that's a whole other thing. So we're not even going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But suffice to say that this question about how we care for each other or sort of what's the what's the spiritual imperative to care for one another was actually the first principle um, in the original um, statement of principles and purposes in 1961. And so in those originals, um, the first principle was that um, to strengthen one another in a free and disciplined search for the truth as the foundation of our religious fellowship. Um, and that, that search for truth piece got split out into a different principle um, in the version that was adopted in 1985. But I think about that phrase, to strengthen one another. And when I think about the beloved community, which is you know, a theological concept that asks us to create the kind of justice, the kind of love, the kind of compassion, the kind of equity and community um, that the divine is calling us to um, and that is treats all people as in the image of the divine, that is not an easy task. And that's not an easy task on a global scale. Um, and that's not an easy task on an interpersonal scale. Um, human beings are actually really hard. You know, I love us. I, lo- I love us. I really do. But we are also a tough species to crack sometimes, you know? And so when I think about how we are called to care for one another in the pursuit of the world that we dream about... I think about how we are called to strengthen one another and that I understand why that language, um, you know, to strengthen one another wasn't carried over into the version that was adopted in 1985. But I think, you know, in that invitation to strengthen, that we might recover some sense of um, how caring for one another is also about like bolstering one another. It's about helping us, you know, if you'll forgive the sort of old-fashioned phrase, like helping us gird our loins to like go out and fight for the world that we dream about and that that is, that's a complicated task. Um, And we don't have to do it alone. This week, as I've wrestled with this question of how we care for one another in the beloved community, um, and I wrestled with the wrestling around which verb to put in, Um, right? How can we care? How do we care? How might we care? How should we care? Um, All different ways to express that this caring is currently happening. Um, It's not a new phenomenon. We have been caring for one another in community for um, forever, right? Since there's been community. Um, And that we also are called to practice this caring 
in new and different and more just and more equitable ways. So this is an invitation to see ourselves as both reflecting on the kind of care that we already offer and how valuable and treasured that is, and an invitation to wonder about, you know, how might we grow this muscle? How might we improve our capacity to care? And in doing so, improve our capacity um, to, to build the beloved community. And so... Um, You know, the, I want to also just like unpack that term, the beloved community, because we as Unitarian Universalists use it a lot. Um, and sometimes we feel like, oh, it kind of means just like a nice community. But that's not true. Um, and uh, um, if you want kind of a good primer on the beloved community, I will put a link to some work from the King Center um, around it. And uh, but the sort of the Cliff Notes version of it, maybe, um, is that the beloved community is a term, and it was originally kind of coined by uh, Josiah Royce, who founded the Fellowship of Reconciliation, um, and then it was right the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who really popularized the term and brought it into public discourse. And it wasn't like... Right? It's not like a happy-go-lucky utopia where it's like, yes, and there's sunshine and puppies and unicorns and we all hold hands. Um, it was about a community where the evils of disconnection and injustice had been righted um, and that we were living in a spirit of inclusive siblinghood. Right? So it's not an absence of conflict, but a resolution of conflict is maybe how I think of it. And that specifically, right, like it wasn't like there was some far away enemy that was getting in the way of building the beloved community, um, right? MLK very specifically named the things that were getting in the way of building the beloved community. And particularly towards, you know, later in his his life and career, he really started to name them as as racism, poverty, and militarism, um, as the triple evils that were the things, um, um, you know, kind of the primary things that were preventing us from building the beloved community. And so when I think about how we are called to care for one another, in religious community. And, it, you know, I just want to take a moment and say that when I think about the ways that we care for one another in religious community, I have a pretty broad sense of what that caring is. And that that caring looks a lot of different ways. And that sometimes that caring looks like, you know, meals after a loved one has died or some or a new baby is born. And sometimes it looks like rides to doctor's appointments. Um, and sometimes it looks like just monetary mutual aid for people who are um, experiencing financial crisis. Sometimes it looks like um, just being willing to pick up the phone or answer a text um, that, you know, 
that kind of caring really matters in our world. And that, you know, even before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic has in some ways accelerated it, there are ways that we have just become so isolated and isolated from one another and isolated from our capacity to dream, right? isolated from our capacity to envision a, a beloved community. And, and so caring is about connection. And particularly, it's about connection that, you know, connection that combats those triple evils of racism and militarism and poverty and combats those evils not in the sense of um, kind of ameliorating them through charity. Because sometimes um, in our you know, framing of building the beloved community and caring for one another and what that means, um, it would be easy to say like, oh, well, if poverty is in the way of building the beloved community, that means we should set up a community program or a soup kitchen. Um, Or if racism is getting in the way of building the beloved community, it means that we should, you know, if we're white, we should help people of color. Um, uh, Right, that that is, is part of it, sure. But I think what I want to invite us to like sink our teeth into a little bit more is, you know, as a spiritual community, how do we take care of one another in a way that recognizes that poverty impacts us all and that racism impacts us all and that militarism impacts us all? Um. Because as a right, so I'm white, and one of the lies of white supremacy culture is sort of this like rugged individualism stuff. And man, out here in Wyoming, do we love us some rugged individualism stuff? And uh, I, you know, I don't like to be told what to do any more than the next person, believe me. Um, and I have uh, parents and a spouse who can attest to that. But I also know that um, I did not get here by myself. I do not stay right onto this mortal coil. I did not arrive here alone. Um, I have never been alone. Um, I have always been supported by other people. And I have always needed other people. And I have always needed to be there for other people. And I was just as a a sidebar, I think that I really think that parenting has elevated this for me, right? Like recognizing um, that I too, I too was once, you know, a baby or a toddler. I too completely dependent on somebody else to feed me, to care for me, uh, to help teach me how to move through the world, and that my existence is dependent on somebody having done that for me. Um, And that just has, it's just been a constant reminder of of humility, right? That like, I did not make myself, um, and no one has made themselves. Um, We have all been made by the willingness of other people to bring us to where we are. Um, and, you know, all, so all of that's to say that um, 
I want to be part of a religious community where the ways that we care for one another help break down those harmful ideologies that are behind those triple evils that are behind, right? Like that racism is not just discrimination based on skin color. Racism is this whole set of ideologies, um, poverty and our willingness to let there continue to be poverty. It, there is like a whole set of ideologies that go along with that. Militarism has a whole set of ideologies and that, I want to practice a kind of caring that that seeks to undo those ideologies. And so that means practicing a kind of caring that is about, you know, just improving material conditions for the people in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our homes. Um, and... That means finding the capacity to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to support one another, um, and to, to care, to care for one another, not because... Um, I'm so strong and have so many resources and therefore I am moved by some combination of like pity and my own guilt to share those resources. No. But rather like I am called to enter into a relationship of mutual caring because I know that even if I am strong and healthy and well-fed and whatever, right? Like, even if I have all my needs met, if your needs are unmet, then we're not in the beloved community, right? If you're, if I am fine and my neighbor is struggling, the beloved community calls me to understand that as my own struggle. And not in the sense that I'm called to resolve it, Right, because sometimes we cast caring as sort of this like advice giving thing, right? Like to to take care of somebody means to tell them, you know, what they need to do in order to fix their own problems. Not that, um, but to enter into a mutual caring that understands that our destinies, our our, you know, our life trajectories, our, our life outcomes are bound up together. You know, and Martin Luther King uses the metaphor that we're, you know, inextricably woven together in a single garment of destiny, um, I think, to, to paraphrase his words. And um, I would say that that image for me really encapsulates what universalism means to our communities today. Right? Universalism does not necessarily mean that we are all going to be, um, you know, saved by God, right? Because I think that language and that theological framing doesn't work for so many Unitarian Universalists today. Um, but that universal salvation and universalism means that we are all going somewhere together.
right? Like we are all in this together and our destinies are bound up, you know, for good or ill. Our destinies are bound up together. And that if my neighbor, if my sibling is hurting, is unable to get what they need, then that impacts me too, right? Like that also impacts the the condition of my mortal soul. And so what, what does it mean to care for one another when our urge to care for one another is not because we feel pity, but because we know in our bones that our destinies are bound up together. And what's happening in our country right now with this pandemic is such a stark reminder of that. Um, right? If I am able to get a vaccine, but my neighbor is not, then my community is not as safe. It's that simple, right? And I think about what's happening. Um, and there's been sort of examples of this, both in terms of people sort of like purposefully vaccine line jumping or, you know, I think it was in like British Columbia or something that these like rich white people like went up to get vaccine shots that were meant for like a First Nations group up in the Yukon Territory or something, right? Like things like that are keep happening um, and in that sort of intentional way and in just an unintentional way that people with access to resources and means are more likely to get the shot and that they are the people who are less at risk to begin with, right? Like communities of color in the United States have born disproportionate impact of the COVID-19 pandemic um, and are disproportionately lacking access to the vaccine. Right, like, and so I think that for me is just this, this profound heartbreak and this profound reminder that our destinies are bound up together. And that, right, like vaccines don't work because like 5% of the population that, uh, you know, had access to the appointment form online first got the vaccine, right? Vaccines work because lots of people have access to it and have it and it creates herd immunity. So in this moment whether it's a question about vaccine resources or or some other resource or some other part of our lives, we're called to care for one another in the beloved community. And not just to, you know, make sure that people's material needs are met, but we're called to care for one another in ways that dismantle those harmful ideologies that are getting in the way of us building the world we know is possible and the, getting in the way of building that beloved community. And so as you move through your, your days and your weeks, 
I just invite you to, as you engage in acts of caring, whether they are with people in your household or people in your neighborhood or people in your wider community or across the globe, because so much is happening virtually right now, or like when you engage in those acts of caring, how can those acts of caring be part not of a transaction or of pity or of guilt, but how can those things move us towards the beloved community? How can those acts of caring move us towards a world without racism, without poverty, and without militarism? How can we care for one another in a way that builds the beloved community? May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening. Your presence matters to us. Whether you are here in Cheyenne or across the globe, we are grateful that you would spend this time with us. If you'd like to connect more with our community, you can visit our website at uucheyenne.org. I'm the Reverend Hannah Roberts Vilnave, and on behalf of a grateful community, thank you. We'll see you soon.